Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. It's not difficult to live a life in pursuit of our own dreams and ambitions. And while those things aren't bad in itself, when you consider the reality of who God is, it's hard to know Him and walk away unchanged. In this week's episode, Francis Chan brings us to Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 18, and reminds us to search our hearts and understand what it means to be filled with the fullness of God according to all the riches of His glory. We pray that this episode will encourage you to truly live in Christ and to pray for others to live the same. I need you guys to pray with me just for a minute. Um, I'm still a little unsettled, uh, unsure of what I want to talk about. Um, And it's getting close to the time when I'm supposed to speak. Um, And I want you to understand, it's not, you know, people go, oh yeah, I'm going to be like Francis. I'm just going to get up and wing it. And, And I do that occasionally, but that's after 20 years of verse by verse, getting into the word, you know, there's something, it's not like I'm just throwing stuff out of the air. Um, but I, I really look at each situation now and go, God, what, what do you want to say to this group of people? You know, sometimes I come with a plan. I usually come with some sort of plan, but I get there and I look around and I sense what the Spirit's doing and go, no, Lord, I don't think that's the passage for today. Um, what is the passage for today? And then once in a blue moon, you have a time like this where you go, I'm walking up. I still don't know. And uh, so then you pray, right? And you ask everyone else, would you just pray that, that God gives me the message that's specific for you, specific for today and for you? Um, I don't, I don't want to waste time. We're only on this earth for a little period of time. And I want to say something that will actually impact you and will actually matter a hundred years from now, where maybe you even look me in the eyes a hundred years from now and say, thank you for having the courage to say that. That's exactly what I need to say. I didn't like it at the time, or whatever it may be. Like, that, that, that's my purpose. I'm not here just going, okay, let me do the 20 minutes and jump back on the plane or this or that. It's like, I'm thinking eternity. I'm thinking the, 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 the clock is ticking and there's, there's, there's no time to just say whatever and just, you know, throw a can talk up there and, and be done with it. I want this to matter. There's some serious hurts in this room. There are some serious lies in this room. And it's like, Holy Spirit, how are you going to cut through all of this? The fears, the doubts, the lies, and then others that are doing great and just need to continue to keep going that way. So would you pray with me? Father, please give me wisdom to not waste our time here. Give me words to say so that when people leave, they'll be thinking about you and not me. God, do something that is real and that is of your spirit, like the miracles we read about in the scriptures. I pray that what's done is from the Holy Spirit and not out of cleverness. Lead us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, we can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, verse 14. This is is what I... I believe the Lord has for us today. I think it's a, it's a very important passage in light of where the church is today. You, you guys know we live in a crazy time. 
Um, I live in San Francisco, and so it's even crazier there. Uh, and, and, you know, the world's going to be the world. That's, we're not going to change that. It's always been crazy. What, what gets sad is when the church is no longer the church, and we're not different um, like when, when Paul warns Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, he tell, talks about how terrible it's going to be in the last days. And it's not because the world is any different. It's because the church is so different. And in the church, you find lovers of self, people with lovers of money, you know, kids being disobedient to their parents, things that we just kind of take for granted in the church today. Well, of course, kids disobey. You know, we're surprised if there's one that obeys. And yet Paul's telling Timothy, it's going to get terrible in the end, because even in the church is the way it's going to be. Even in the church, people are lovers of self. We even preach that in the church. Oh, love your neighbor as yourself. And you go, well, I better work on loving myself more then, because unless I love myself more, it's like, no, what are you talking about? You love yourself plenty. Every time we get together, we talk about you. You know, it's like... Get, get over yourself. That This is going to creep into the church, a love of money, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And it, it's just this whole picture as I was praying for the church the other day, I was on this flight, um, and uh, a United flight. And as I'm praying, I, there's video screen in front of me is that, that uh, TV show, The Deadliest Catch. It, you know that one? That's where they uh, fish for crabs out in the Bering Sea and they die. And... Uh, but I'm watching this scene where this boat's being just pummeled by the waves and, and you see people's bodies just sliding across the deck. Have you seen that? Where the water's pushing them over back and forth and the captain's holding it together. And I go, man, that's it. That is exactly it. We can't control the waves out there, but you can control this boat. You can keep it going in the right direction. You can keep the crew motivated and go, man, no, no, no. I know all the waves are coming against us. It seems like we are going nowhere. We're even being pushed back, but let's just set our course, keep going. Let's keep this thing strong. I can't control nature. And in the same way, we can't control what goes on out there. And sometimes Christians spend way too much time trying to change that. And, and you can't. You can't. But what you can is say, no, I'm the captain of this ship, and I'm going to keep it going in the right direction. I don't care what they're teaching out there in the church. I love that phrase that Paul says to Timothy, but as for you. Okay? I, I, I don't... That's going to go on. It's always going to go on. But as for you, as for you and your house, as for you and your church, what's it going to be like? And I think our hope for the future, though, in, in the midst of all this craziness, I find it in the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 3. In verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ as surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I love that prayer. 
When's the last time you prayed anything remotely close to that for someone else? Been a pastor for almost 30 years. I don't hear people praying like this. I hear, oh, I pray for Susie, her foot hurts. I don't hear this. For this reason, I bow before the Father. Okay, when's the last time you, you if you're a Christian leader or, or you're under a Christian leader, when's the last time you just heard someone say, man, I want you to know I got on my face. I was like bowing before God. I was praying on behalf of you that, that you from the inside out, like you'd be so strengthened in here. You'd be like rooted in this love of Christ and, and that you would get how big this thing is. I was just on my face going, God, please, they got to know, they got to know, they got to know. When's the last time you did that? I just told my pastors, you know, I, I run a network. Uh, we just started a network of these house churches. And I, I tell my pastors, I go, look, if you're not praying for your people by name, then don't do anything else, okay? I would rather, don't, don't even work on your lesson, don't work on whatever. Like the first thing, I mean, what if you had, I go, think about, it. imagine you went to a church you know, and, and, and your pastor was a terrible preacher, boring as heck, everything else, not a great leader, but you knew that he got on his knees, like he had such a connection with God. You go, man, that guy up there knows God, and he gets on his knees every week and begs God for my heart, my soul, and he prays for my kids by name, that they would be just deeply rooted in love. You know, with tears in his eyes, he's begging God for that. I go, isn't that the pastor you want? Where do you go, man, he knows him. He, he has such a connection with him, and then he thinks to get on his knees for me? I go, look, you guys, if you're not going to do that for your church, I don't want you to be one of our pastors. The other stuff, I don't care if you're a terrible preacher. Oh, well, they can podcast, you know. <laughs> Get on your knees for your people. This is where the power, this is what Paul's saying. He goes, I, I, I bow before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. It's just, just reminding us, okay, there's one being from whom everyone comes from. The, the word there is, is, it's almost like a play on words. There's like one father for whom every father came from. It, it's, it's, you know, I, a lot of times when I speak, I'll tell everyone to take a deep breath. In fact, do that with me. Just go, <sighs> just to remind you that you were able to do that only because he allowed you to. Like, he determines. Like, like don't, just get over yourself. We're not that important, okay? There's one being who determines if I take another one. That was his decision. That was his decision. Man, every moment, and, and that's why Paul goes, that, that's why I get on my knees for you. I'm coming before the one from whom everything, from the only one who's immortal, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, according to the riches of his glory, think about the riches of his glory.
Every once in a while, I'll, I'll run into someone who is so ridiculously rich, it's like my mind doesn't even comprehend. Like someone who's, who's you know, I've met a few billionaires, and you think, billion? Do you realize that you just give me one of your cars and I could change, you know, this whole city right here? Like, like, feel, like you, ever, you ever meet someone like that where you go, you have the ability to change my whole ministry, change this one nation over here, the starvation, like you have that capacity. And so you talk to them with this different lens, not trying to show favoritism, but you just realize you've got the ability to, to do so much. Well, Paul says, I get on my knees and he begs God that according to the riches of his glory, the creator of everything, you know, you think about that scene in Revelation 4 where it's not just his, it's as he's glowing like diamonds and rubies. You know, he's, he has this appearance of jasper and carnelian and, and lightning and thunder and fire coming from his throne and a hundred million angels all bowing down to him. He's in charge of everything, every single one of us. And think about what he's capable of doing. And Paul says, I get on my knees before him that according to the rich of everything, his whole glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's his prayer. He goes, I get on my knees before you and I say, God, I know how powerful you are. I know about the riches of your glory and I am begging you, these people that I love, would you strengthen them with power through your spirit in their inner beings? This is the prayer we need to be praying for people. Not that Joe stops smoking or that Tom stops looking at pornography or that my son stops smoking pot or that my daughter would not be so promiscuous, but in our faith's sake, God, I need you. You have all power. I, I want this person, I want Tom to be strengthened with power through through your spirit to where it gets into his inner being. This, is, this was the promise in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36. God says, a day is going to come where I'm going to put my spirit inside of a human being. And the people back then were just like, there's no way. You, you can't just put all of God inside of a human. He goes, no, 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 watch. It's, it's a whole valley of dry bones. It's like, it's, it's like I'm going to bring the dead to life. It's like, no, but we see the ark. We, we know about the holy of holies. And, and that type of power you're going to put inside a human being. He goes, yes, that day's going to come. I'm going to put my spirit into them. Take out that heart of stone. Turn it to a heart of flesh. And then from the inside, they're actually going to want to obey my commands. And I think so often in our Christian culture, we can be about rules and, oh, if I can get my daughter to go to Bible study every week, if I could get them to memorize these verses, if I get them to stop hanging around those neighbor kids, if I can do this, if I can do this, if I can do this. No, there's only one factor here. His name is the Holy Spirit. 
And either the Holy Spirit enters in them and changes them from the inside out to where they become a slave to what is right and they actually desire the things of God, then you don't really have to worry about them that much. God becomes their master. Otherwise, you spend all day long trying to set up programs and systems to keep them from trouble. And that's what we do in the church because there's nothing going on in here. And so then people start blaming the church. Well, you know, they gave me these accountability partners, and they didn't call me that much, and, you know, they missed like three weeks, so I went back to drinking. It's like, no, 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 that's not it. The reason why you went back is you never, you never really understood who God was. You never had the Holy Spirit of God come into your heart and change who you are. And that's why Paul says, I get on my knees, and I ask that God, according to the the riches of his glory that he would just strengthen people inside out through his spirit with this new power in their inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love I love that picture that you like you individuals being rooted and grounded in love. It's the idea of these roots just, just, just sticking deep into you, which is the love of Christ. It's like when Jesus tossed the seed out and said, you know, it's like a, a farmer throwing seed out and, and some lands on rocky soil. And what happened to the rocky soil? Those were just rocks. And he says, yeah, something sprouted up, but there were no roots to it. It never really penetrated and so the moment the sun came out or the moment the wind blew, boom, they were gone. Why? They, they were never rooted in it. And I meet so many people in our, what we call churches, which are just these services that we have on Sundays. It's not really the church. But in these gatherings, in these meetings, there's all these people who, yeah, they'll keep coming to our meetings and they'll keep trying to do good things as long as we protect them. Don't let them out in the world. Don't let temptation come their way. Make sure they each have four or five accountability partners. Keep them so busy that they can't sin. But the moment they leave, and that's why the stats are so bad for our 18-year-olds, the moment they're no longer forced, the mo moment they're no longer in that protected, you know, greenhouse, it's like you realize it never took root. See, I don't know about you, but I can't leave Jesus. Could you leave Jesus? There's no way. Kill me. I, I can't leave him. He's everything to me. What am I going to do? Why would I even live without him? I'm not saying I don't get tempted here or there. I might want to straight, but I can't. I'm a slave to what's right. I'm like, I, I love him. He's everything to me. Take everything else away, but I've got to have him. I can't leave him. And that's not because I'm in this perfect, protected little bubble. It's something in here. He's the seal of my salvation. He makes sure that I can't walk away because I'm rooted in his love, grounded in his love. He says that they may have strength. He's praying to God, God, would these people have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, 
and the length and the height and the depth. He says, God, can they? He's on his face going, God, give them strength so they can just see how big this is. Like they think it's about going to a service. They think it's about not drinking. They think it's about walking up an aisle and praying a prayer. <laughs> oh, God, would you give them strength? God, by the glory of your riches, I know what you can do. And I can change their heart, open their heart, give them strength so they get this is bigger. This is so much bigger than a mortgage payment or having a retirement or having nice kids. Or, I mean, help them see how wide and long and high and deep this thing is. That they may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That they may know to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What an interesting phrase. He says, I want them to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Well, how can you know something that's beyond knowledge? So that's his whole point. I could sit here all day and read to you and lecture you and, and, you know, hey, let's get into the Greek. Let's get into the Hebrew. Let's get into whatever. You want a little Aramaic? Sure, why not? We can educate but to know the love of Christ, that's not just knowledge and information you pass on. That's why Paul's on his face going, God, I can't do this. I can share the gospel. I can say it all day long till I'm blue in the face. But for them to know the love of Christ to where they go, okay, I will pick up my cross and follow you. I will sell everything I have gladly because you are a treasure that is way beyond anything on this earth. I can't make that happen except on my knees. He said, God, oh, I want every child that we have, you know, just to, to know you. I can't make her love you. I can't get her to know the love of Christ. Doesn't matter that she's my daughter. Doesn't matter that she's my son. Doesn't matter if she's in the best church and I put her in a Christian school and, and don't let her to go out on Friday nights. I, it doesn't matter. That doesn't do it. It's about the Holy Spirit. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And then the last phrase, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When people describe you, they describe you as someone who is filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. I don't know what your goal is in life. I don't know what you want to be known for. But I decided, you know, like, I, I don't want to be known as a good teacher. I mean, that's fine, well, whatever. I don't, I, 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 or a good leader, or this, or that. It's like, man, 
this is what I want. I want people to go, man, that guy is not normal. That is not just a human being up there. The things that, that, that happen, the way he prays, and, the, and just the way he lives his life, like that's not human. That's not normal. Exactly why? Because I'm not just a human being. I'm filled with the fullness of God. And it's like this supernatural like joy through any situation, this peace, this courage. Like, man, that is not just another guy up there. That's my goal. That's my goal for the people in my church, where I don't want them just showing up. Oh, good, we've got a full room. Who cares if those are not individuals who are filled with the fullness of God, who deeply know the love of Christ and are deeply rooted, then just forget about this thing. Because then we're painting a picture to the world of something that's stale, something that's powerless, that's lifeless, where they don't look in and go, Ooh, I really want to be one of them. But this is a supernatural thing we do. I'm not sure why the Lord led me to this passage for you. It may be because I am in Colorado Springs and maybe sometimes my impression of this part of the country is a lot of church service attenders that try to obey rules pretty diligently. And I'm not making like this overgeneralization, like it's everyone, but filled with the fullness of God knowing this deep root, do you understand how big this is and how much you get it? But it can very easily become a cultural thing. And we can easily try to make people into certain types of people and raise our children a certain way rather than getting on our knees and desperately praying for the Holy Spirit to enter into them that they would have strength along with all the saints of the past who endured persecution, stonings, beatings because they knew how wide and long and high and deep was the love of Christ. Our world is changing, our country is changing and unless we are raising up disciples and children who have that type of fire from in here they're not going to survive. But once they're rooted in the love of Christ, we don't have to worry about the future because greater is he who's in them than he who's of the world. And just like I'm confident that he who began a good work in me, he's, he's going to complete it. Like I, I cannot walk away from him. I, I just don't think it's possible. I'm just rooted. It's just, it's just I'm stuck. This is who I am till I die. I'm not leaving Jesus unless that's happening in our people, in our churches. Then we're just playing games because pretty soon the wind is going to come, the sun is going to start beating down, and we'll see what's left. But for us today, I guess I'm saying, search your own heart. Think about even the goals of your life. 
I know it was easy for me, even as a pastor, to think, okay, I want this massive church. I want this, you know, but at the end of the day, you go, no, I'm going to stand before God one day. And what does the world really need to see? Does it really attract the world to go, wow, that guy attracted 12,000 people to listen to him talk? Or does the world get attracted to human beings who are filled with the fullness of God? Just let that phrase sink in. Filled with the fullness of God. Is that the goal of your life, to be a man or a woman that is filled with the fullness of God, that God, according to all the riches of his glory, just filled you up and made you like him. And now you're just this fearless, courageous, full of his glory, full of his light, where no one can deny, okay, something happened to her. Something happened to him. It's not enough just to play the role anymore. We're in a different time. And uh, I'd like to pray for you again, just as my brothers and sisters, if you are indeed truly my brothers and sisters, and maybe some of you even here today go, man, I don't know. I grew up in this thing. I've just kind of done it. It's just been culture. I don't know what you're talking about, this thing inside and this heart and this love and being grounded in love. Man, I'm going to pray for you too. That by the riches of his glory, he'd give you the strength to understand. Because it's not something I can talk you into. I can't give you that knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge. And that's why I'm about to get on my knees for you. That you'd have that moment where you get it. And you'll know because it lasts. So let's pray. Father, I just don't want to play games anymore. I don't want to play church anymore. I don't want to give speeches. I just want to experience your power. God, I know everything you've done in my heart and this love that I have for you. And it's amazing how you put it in there that I just adore you, I adore you, I adore you. And it's because of you. You do it all. You granted me power to understand you. And God, I'm praying for these men and women in this room. First, God, that you would grant them that same grace that they would get how wide and long and how deep and how high. God, they would just get how big this is, your love. You, everything about you is so wide and long, high and deep. You're not someone we visit. You're everything to us. And so, God, for those who don't get that, I pray that they would, that we no longer compartmentalize and do our church thing and our work thing and our family thing and our pleasure thing, but everything would be about you. And God, I pray for our children, people in our churches. God, that you would start pruning and make your church beautiful again, that she would be filled with lovers of you who are filled with your fullness. So God, forgive us for settling for so much less. 
than your fullness filling us, changing us from within. I just pray that you do whatever you need to do in everyone's heart that's listening or watching this on a screen. I have no clue and I don't need to. Father, would you please corner the riches of your glory. Open their eyes. And strengthen them from within. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next week for a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.